Welcome back, everyone, to the Risk Intel podcast, powered by SRA, where we share risk intelligence from experts across the banking industry. I'm your host, Ed Vincent, Executive Vice President at SRA. All right, Michael, let's talk a little bit about enterprise risk management best practices, right? Whether that is people, process, technology. Can you give us three to five um, of your thoughts around what are best practices in the enterprise risk management area? Well, Ed, I'm going to start with uh, the most important. So I want our audience to get a pen and write this down because this is really important stuff. As a chief risk officer, your first job is to look at the company's strategic plan and strategy. And because this is the game plan for your bank for the next year or two to, to grow uh, and to become better. And to go through that and say, for each one of those plans, what could go wrong? And uh, so that's that's the most, most fundamental risk management. It doesn't require any systems. It doesn't require any people except you. And for each one of those 8, 10, 15 strategic imperatives that your board and management team has approved, you're going to look at it and say, what could go wrong? And what can we do to make sure it doesn't go wrong? And that is the ultimate in risk management. So that that really is your starting point for, for risk management and constantly interfacing with the management team uh, you know, on, on their objectives is, is critical. I would say the vast majority of banks in the country and chief risk officers don't do that because they've grown up in risk management that looks like internal audit and auditing controls, or they've grown up in compliance and auditing compliance. And it's really uncomfortable for a new chief risk officer or many chief risk officers to say, I don't feel like I have the authority to look at the strategic plan and question that. Who am I as the chief risk officer to question that? In fact, you do have that authority and that the board needs you to do that. And that without starting there, no matter how good a risk uh, program you put in place, it will always be flawed. It will always uh, have a challenge with it. Sounds like the, the, that's a fundamental shift there, Michael, from being a um, someone that, that questions and potentially holds back an organization to someone that actually is really enabling mm-hmm. an organization to move forward. Right, being plugging plugging into that st- strategic decision making and kind of moves moves that chief risk officer. I'll say from the second row to the first row, if you will. Right, to really be a a business partner, an ally, and someone that is is driving enterprise value within an organization. Well, and that's exactly right, Ed, because the people that do this well, and there's a lot of studies on this, help uh, make sure the bank does better. Banks perform better. Their stock prices increase more. They have more profits. Uh, so f- just focusing on those strategic imperatives, what could go wrong to make sure they don't go wrong? and the opposite becomes true, then what you plan gets achieved. Mm-hmm. And that's really what the goal of the bank organization is. So that that's one that if if you don't do anything else in, in enterprise risk management, start there, be focused on it. And when things do go wrong with your strategic goals, and my guess is, you know, over my experience, 
probably a third to a half of strategic goals are never met with banks. Doesn't mean that, you know, it was uh, the bank is, isn't still going to have a good year. It means that, uh, you know, it wasn't thought through enough and you can catch them early and, and get them uh, to improve if you can do that. So that's the first one. Another best practice, uh, you know, uh, refers back to uh, a concept of uh, ass assessing your risk maturity. If you haven't stepped back and looked at, you know, kind of a 30,000 foot view of your organization um, and looked at, do, do I have the right infrastructure in place for the board, for the management team, for audit, risk management, first line? Uh, uh, as, as we mentioned earlier, the Risk Management Association is uh, developed this risk maturity framework to give you kind of a roadmap of all the components that you need to have in your organization. And you can compare it to how well you're doing and where your gaps are. If you don't have that, how do you know where your gaps are? How do you know what your plan should be for the future? How do you know whether you have a good enterprise risk management or a basic enterprise risk management or an ad hoc enterprise risk management program? So I would say all of the chief risk officers should have a, a risk framework, whether it's one that you develop in-house, some, some risk frameworks like PMC Bank are developed in-house and they're pretty good. Or if you need help, the RMA's risk maturity framework. So that, that I would say, uh, if you don't do that, then you have gaps that you're not gonna find out until the regulators come or until something uh, goes wrong. So a third best practice is risk appetite management. And I would say half of the banks in the country don't know what risk appetite management is or don't have a risk appetite. And risk appetite ma management is about working with your board and management team to say, here's the level of risk we're willing to take in credit. Here's the level of risk we're willing to take in liquidity or an operational risk. And here is the outside bound that we're not willing to take. Having those conversations, you may only start out with 10 to 20 uh, you know, topics like cybersecurity or credit, uh, but developing the board's appetite, which is required, uh, if, if you look at the requirements, uh, the board has to give their appetite to management. Management doesn't give the appetite to the board, uh, but in a lot of cases, boards are not bankers, so they don't know what an appetite statement is. So you may have to facilitate that. Developing that risk appetite statement to say, here's how much risk we're allowed to take. And then measure yourself against that quarterly to make sure that you haven't overstepped your bounds from a risk perspective. So one example of that might be um, we uh, we. Uh, want to have 12% total risk-based capital at a minimum to feel comfortable. So our capital level should be at least 12% total risk-based at a minimum for the board to feel comfortable. Well, that's great. So that's one of your risk appetite uh, metrics, and you're going to measure against it. If the bank drops below 12%, then it's time to, or gets close to 12% before dropping, 
it's time to have a conversation with the management team and board and say, are we still risk adverse and don't want to go below this number or can we take more risk? Uh, and then the bank operates in that particular perspective. I would say most mature banks have in the neighborhood of about a hundred different uh, key indicators that roll up into the risk appetite. And those are in various areas like operational risk, credit risk, uh, liquidity risk, interest rate risk, uh, compliance risk. So you have a handful of limits uh, or risk indicators that get developed for monitoring purposes to know that the bank is within uh, the risk category. So lastly, uh, the biggest issue I see across America uh, with risk organizations is they don't have enough people. So they have the desire to have a really good risk shop, uh, but the, the CEO or some other management of the team says, you know what, we can only afford two risk people, or we can only afford three risk people, uh, you know, and uh, do the best you can with two or three. So uh, in a lot of cases, risk professionals are hired into that environment and they're not overly knowledgeable about what the requirements of that role is to do it well and how much staff it takes. So I, would, I wouldn't assume that the, the two-person ERM unit that you just over, uh, took over was properly staffed and is doing the right things. I would actually assume the opposite, that it's not properly staffed and it's not doing the right things and take time to investigate, talk to your other friends in the industry to find out how are you staffed? What are some of the things that you're doing? Go back to that risk maturity framework. That'll, that'll give you some guidance. And educate your management team, your CEO and your board that for a fully functioning bank of our size, we need the following positions to do the job right. So that uh, uh, a lot of times what happens is uh, and I've seen this firsthand, uh, regulators will come in at some point, they'll say uh, the chief risk officer is understaffed and is not doing the right things. Uh, it makes it up to the CEO, it makes it up to the board, and the board says, well, this chief risk officer doesn't know what they're doing. We should fire him and get a new one. And that happens more often than you would think because they assume you as the chief risk officer weren't smart enough to figure out what risk infrastructure was needed. They fire you, they hire a new one, and the new one comes in and hires five or, five or six people. Uh, and that firing, interestingly enough, is a phenomenon that happens with banks crossing from $9 billion to $12 billion. I would say, in my experience, a third or more of the chief risk officers don't make it over that, wow. that chasm. And I would say probably a lesser uh, percent don't make it from the 900 million to $2 billion because they don't know what the expectations are and what the staffing problems are. So those are the uh, four of the, the best practices, I think, that can help you uh, take an introspection on your staff and maybe start looking around at what, what you can do to help put the right program in place. Thanks, Michael. So as you said, right, I took out my pen when you said to take down notes. Ah, so strategic plan, get that chief risk officer involved in with the strategic plan. Um, number two, assessing the risk maturity 
of the organization. Number three, defining your risk appetite and then managing towards that. And then number four, on the staffing front, arguing your case, making sure that that, that you get that get the sufficient resources um, in place and trained and educated, and um, and, and you are then have an adequate an adequate risk team to to support the business needs. So and with that, Ed, you'll have a really well-run risk organization. So that's all you need to make sure you get a good start on. Great. Thanks, Michael. Yeah. For more information on SRA, please visit srarisk.com. Watch or listen to our weekly Risk Intel podcast series or follow us on LinkedIn to learn more.